Welcome to The Real Demons of Pop Culture. I'm James Ippolitti, also known as Dr. J on TikTok. And I am super excited to be here to talk to you. It has been quite a journey so far. And I feel like things are just about to blow up in a good way. This is episode 10, and the demon this week is Hades. Hades, Greek mythology. But before we get into that, we're going to do our lucky number. And what this is, is I am going to come up, I'm going to think in my head of a lucky number between 1 and 50. 1 and 50 this week. So I'm going to come up with a number You're going to use your magic mind to guess what that number is. Write it down at the end of the episode. I will reveal what the number is. And if you've guessed correctly, that means the day that you've listened to this and realized that you did this correctly, you will have something extra special, goody, good, good happen to you. Now, if you get it wrong, it doesn't mean your day will be negative. You will still have a wonderful day. A wonderful day. But if you guess the number correctly, you will have a little whipped cream and cherry on top of that wonderful day. So I'm going to count to three, and then I'm going to think of the number between one and 50. Here we go. One, two, three. All right, I hope you... Put that number down, wrote it down, and I will reveal the lucky number at the end of the episode. So welcome, welcome, welcome. There's a couple of things I want to just say up front as far as like getting the community to grow, and I want to make sure you all kind of want to jump into my newsletter that I send out every Friday. So every Friday, it's a newsletter. It's like really me going and talking about what I've been up to all week, things that I'm recommending, things that I'm reading. Uh, It's a free newsletter, and all you have to do is go to the show notes. It's jamesipolity.substack.com or something like that, but I'll put it in the show notes. I would really love for you all to kind of get involved with the newsletter. And then in that newsletter, I usually give you all the links to other things you can join, like the Facebook group and the Patreon and all the other fun social stuff. And I really want us to have you know, a community outside of just you listening and having it be a passive experience. I want it to be a very interactive experience between us. And I hope that you click on all those links and sign up and talk to me outside of me coming through your speaker. Now, Hades. Why did I pick Hades for the 10th episode? I have no idea, actually, why I did. But I will tell you this. I'm not going to be doing Satan or Lucifer 
until very long, maybe like the hundredth episode, I might do either Satan or Lucifer. If you have a preference for like the big episode, should it be Satan versus Lucifer? Who should it be? Because they're not actually the same. Uh, there's a little bit different. They're sometimes mixed up, but uh, I would like to focus on one. Let's jump into the pop culture element. So Percy Jackson, all that Percy Jackson stuff, you're going to see uh, Hades in that. Clash of the Titans, you'll see that. Wrath of the Titans, there's Hades. Anything that you've ever seen that is Greek mythology, usually Hades is in it. And of course the Disney Hercules has Hades in it. He's a fast-talking, hot-tempered, evil deity in that. He's like a combination of Satan and a Hollywood agent. We're going to get into why he's not really an evil person uh, or evil god, because he is a god. And he becomes evil like all other things when Christianity steps in and makes everything evil. He was in Smallville, so if you're a big fan of Smallville, it's dark side and, and basically says he's, he's been known by many names like Hades and Lucifer and Kali, the Hindu god. That would be a fun episode, Kali. Kalima. If you ever watch Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, I love that one. Once Upon a Time, that TV show, uh, The Descendants, Hades is the father of the protagonist, Mai, that he had from his former marriage with Maleficent. Uh, the villain from the Disney film, Sleeping Beauty. We're going to get into that the Roman version of Hades is Pluto. But if you ever see a movie and it's like Pluto and not the dog from Disney, um, that's also Hades. So we can, we can include that. Gaming, of course, Gods of War, many of the uh, Zeus, Master Olympus, Kingdom Hearts, Age of Mythology. There are just tons of games in which... Hades shows up in, and let's not forget books, Gods of War books. There's, of course, the Percy Jackson one, Titans of Chaos. There are tons of books with Hades in, uh, not to mention just the Greek stories, of course. So Hades is huge in pop culture, but usually is dealt with incorrectly because, remember, he's a god. He's not a demon, and... He's been demonized is why he's being talked about today. But where did he come from? So before the Olympian gods, there were the Titans. And the Titans were like the uh, super gods of ancient Greece. And Kronos and Rhea. Kronos and Rhea are the names of the parents of Hades and all the other Olympian gods. So what happened basically is Kronos and Rhea, they were having children. And there was a prophecy that a son of Kronos was going to basically kill Kronos and take over everything. So because of this prophecy, Kronos was like, F that, that's not going to happen. So I'm going to eat my children. So he did. Every time Rhea had a baby, he would eat the children. And the firstborn was Hades, and he was eaten along with the brothers and sisters, until Rhea kind of is like, you know what? I'm not going to have this anymore. I'm going to stop him from knowing that I had a baby. And Zeus is the one that was born. She hid Zeus, and then Zeus grows up to be an adult and basically goes after his father. 
slicing him open, getting his brothers and sisters out of the belly. Kronos basically regurgitates his children. And because Hades was the first to enter, he was the last to leave. So there's this big Titan war, this divine war, and eventually the gods, the Olympian gods, win over the Titans. And we have Zeus and Poseidon and Hades who are like the boys and they're like, we're going to draw straws to see who gets dominion over what part of this universe. So Zeus gets the sky and Poseidon gets the ocean and Hades draws the short straw and ends up getting the underworld. Now the underworld doesn't necessarily mean hell because that's what we think of today. And when we think of the sky, we think of heaven, we think of underground, it's hell. But everyone went to the underworld, whether you were good or bad. It's where the Greeks believed you went to when you died. You went to the underworld. You didn't go up to the sky into heaven. You went to, if you were good, it wasn't even if you're good. So you would die. You would go into this underworld. You would have to have a toll for the uh, boatman, the boatman, the boatman. If you ever heard the things about like having a coin put on your eyes or a coin put on your mouth or under your tongue, that was for, I believe it's pronounced Charon, but I could be wrong. It's C-H-A-R-O-N. He's the boatman and you had to pay the ferry. And so you would use this money that was left with you when you died, like on your eyes or your mouth or whatever, and that was your fare to get on the boat to go across the river Styx to get into the underworld. Now, if somebody didn't put that on you, you kind of screwed. You're walking around like this dumb zombie who can't afford the boat to go over to the rest of your underworld. You're just walking around aimlessly. really must suck. It's basically like limbo. So you paid your toll, you get on here, and then you end up in uh, right like at the the gates there uh, to get into the underworld. If you can't pay the fare, you're trapped between the underworld and the land of the living. It's a really crappy existence. But if you can get over there, you got to pass Cerebus, the three-headed dog. Now, he is there to allow you to enter, but the dog will not allow you to leave. Now, depending on your life, you went to the underworld but if you had a good, honest life, and this was probably more so for like the rich and powerful, you would go to the Elysian Fields, and that's heaven for everybody else. If you were an awful person, you went to Tartarus, and that's hell, right? So they had a whole like map system of this underworld, and Hades was the god of the dead, and he ruled over the underworld. That's important to understand. Um, when he drew the straw and he ended up getting the underworld, he's like, all right, that is my dominion. And I hang out up there. And he's very proud of his ruling of the dominion. Like, people are going to come in. He's not going to let you get out or try to escape. And he's very stern about that. But he's not a bad guy. I mean, he's, that's kind of where he reigns. Now, he's not the god of death. The god of death is Than well, Thanatos or Thanatos, T-H-A-N-A-T-O-S, the god of death. 
Now the God of the dead is Hades. There's a, there's a difference there. We know how he ends up in Hades, which is interesting. Hades is the name of the place where Hades lives. So it's like if I had the rule over my place, it would be James, and the, the place I lived would be James. So stupid. But yeah, there's five rivers down in, in uh, the underworld. Like I might do eventually an episode on Hades, the place, not the person. Oh, speaking of that, tomorrow night, which will be Tuesday night, 9.30 New York time, Eastern time, we will, 9.30 p.m., I'm going to talk about Hades and Persephone. So I'm not going to get into that here. We're going to talk about that whole experience of Hades and Persephone, everything about that tomorrow night live on YouTube. So if you haven't yet, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Go do that. Hit the notify me for the thing so you know when it's going to be and we can discuss it live. And I hope that you're there. If not, you always can watch the replay. But being there live would be great. I could answer questions about this. Anything I didn't make clear in this episode, you can definitely ask me live on YouTube. Uh, so Tuesday night, it's going to be Hades and Persephone, the love of the underworld. We were at the, the Diamond Gate, it's called, guarded by Cerebus, the three-headed dog. And I heard that Cerebus actually means like dappled or spotted. So basically, there's this joke that uh, Hades named his dog Spot, which is kind of funny. The ancient Greeks did not use Hades' name. They were frightened of Hades. And not because he was evil, but because he was the roar over the underworld, and they felt that if you spoke Hades' name or anything like that, you were going to bring death closer to you. So you kind of want it to be as far away as, just like today, you want to be as far away from death as possible, so you're not going to invite it by saying the name Hades. So they started saying Pluton, that's how Pluto came with the Romans, but what it means is like riches, right? So we know that the Greeks got all the riches, like, you know, gems and things that were uh, valuable came from the earth, came from underground. So the wealth, that's kind of why we started, they, the Greeks called Hades Pluton was to say wealthy, basically. They would use that as the word and not be in, inviting death because... Um, not just valuable metals came from the earth, but also the crops. So all that stuff was considered, well, still considered valuable. You know, we want that stuff too. We want crops. We want valuable metals. And the Greeks did too. And so they would use him, they would use the name Pluton instead of Hades. Let's talk about the appearance. You're always going to see Hades you know, the old guy with the beard. Maybe he's middle-aged, maybe he's not that old. But he's got the beard, he's wearing his robes, but he has a scepter, and the scepter is called a bident, not a trident, a bident, which that's just a scepter with two prongs. Poseidon has a scepter with three prongs, and we know that's called a trident. Now, Zeus has the lightning bolt, which is kind of just one prong. So that's really fascinating to me how they got to even those little details. You might see him holding a cornucopia, 
The dog is always around, the three-headed dog. So these are things, symbols. Uh, besides the cornucopia, there's a cypress, narcissus, keys, because he has keys to the underworld. You may see a serpent, mint plant, white poplar, dog, pomegranate, sheep, cattle, screech owl, horse, and chariot. These are all different symbols that kind of could be connected to Hades. Screech owl is interesting because if you listen to my episode on Lilith, in the Bible, um, they don't really say Lilith, but it's also considered a screech owl has been a translation for the Lilith. So you have to go back and listen to that episode to hear that. So despite everybody thinking he is evil, he actually was pretty cool. He was passive, hung out in his little emo territory. He didn't really get involved with anything. He just tried to keep the balance of everything with keeping people who belong down in the underworld where they belonged. Uh, he definitely was cold and stern. He had his rules about everybody being accountable to his rules and his laws. As I said, the Greeks didn't give him much attention because they didn't want to attract his attention. He really didn't care what was going on in the real world. He cared that no one left his world. And that doesn't mean that people didn't try to break into the underworld and do things against Hades as far as somebody dying and they're trying to cheat death or try to get someone who did die back. Hades actually showed incredible mercy to Orpheus. Basically, Orpheus had this girlfriend and she dies. So Orpheus goes into the underworld and he plays his music to Hades and Persephone. And they were so moved by Orpheus's music that they said, okay, you and your girlfriend can leave, but don't you turn them back. Because what he said to Orpheus was like, you walk out of the underworld. She will be behind you. But if you turn around because you don't feel like maybe she's behind you, she will be taken back and you will not have her. So Orpheus had her, and he's walking out of the underworld, and he had her. She was right behind him, but at the last minute, just before he was going to get out of the underworld, he turned around to see if she was there, and she sucked back. She sucked back into hell, well, into Hades. And what a crappy thing. Just imagine that. You turn around, and you see her face like, oh, my God, why did you look at me? And then, boom. And Hades gave him the chance. But he didn't trust Hades. Hades was like, you better trust me. Do not look back. She will be behind you. Orpheus couldn't handle it anymore, and he turned around. So we'll get into the abduction of Persephone and all the things about that. What was their relationship like? We will talk about that at the live, so please tune in for that. There are not many artistic representations of Hades because just... The Greeks, as I said, they were so afraid of him that they didn't really want to represent him in any type of art. And this just goes to show you how, how real this stuff was to the ancient Greeks. Now, eventually, there are stories of Jesus going into Hades and you know, vanquishing Hades, sending him into the fire and destroying Hades. This is kind of a way of Jesus coming down, Christianity coming down and saying, we're going to destroy the old gods because like i was saying he's not a demon he's a god of death or god of the dead he is a god and christianity needed to 
put all the old gods away and Hades became this representation of the devil and of hell and of evil. But it wasn't like he chose to be this leader of the underworld. And he really was not an awful person as far as the gods are concerned. I mean, yes, there is some abduction going on. And we will get into that. But I mean, as far as making him evil, that wasn't necessary. Um, it was just a part of life, right? You die, you went to Hades. He was the god who kind of had to be ruling over that. So you imagine if we don't have someone ruling over Hades, we got all these souls running around, breaking out of Hades and bothering everybody on the earth. And we don't need that kind of nonsense going on. So Hades was making sure that everything was under control. He was just doing his job. I think the old Greek myths are very difficult to read with the modern mind because so much of it just doesn't read in a way that feels good. When you read about Zeus and all his wacky running around and sleeping with people and the incest and all this stuff that goes on with the old Greek gods, this is stuff that we just don't understand how people could just be okay with what they were reading. But you also have to remember that a lot of things like the rights of women did not exist, the way they were looked at in ancient Greece was not a, anything but property. And so when you look at these stories, when you read these stories, sometimes they just come across as awful, and they are to the modern reader. But at the same time, they're not real people doing real awful things. These are myths, and there's a message, and I think that's kind of where we need to look at when we look at these old stories, is what is the story and what can we get from that story and use today that's positive, and what can we throw out that has no meaning in today's day and age. So if you read something and you're like, wow, that's pretty awful, and you'd be like, you know what, I don't need that part, or whatever lesson that was trying to give me, I don't need that today. But there are some things about the beauty of nature and things like that that we can find in these old stories that kind of got lost with uh, the Judeo-Christian belief where man has domain over nature and animals, and there's no respect for that anymore. Uh, that really destroyed, and I think we're, we're seeing the long-term effects of what's going on in the earth and with animals because of that change in mindset when it comes to how humans should exist in the world, where it used to be a respectful, nature-loving thing, it's now, oh, we rule over everything and we do whatever we want with everything because God said so, and now we're paying the price for that. So I think if we go back to the pagan stories and the earlier myths and things like that, we can probably learn a lot and hopefully take those lessons and throw away lessons in whatever stories we're reading that don't help us today. All right, that's my rant.
So I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode and please give me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts because it really helps this show. And tell people, if you like this show, send a share thing to it. Let's spread the word and keep going and going and going and going. It's late on Sunday evening. You're probably listening to this on Monday. You will be, hopefully, or that week. But I'm exhausted. I've had a long week and I am exhausted. Oh, God, I'm tired. All right. I need to go sleep and dream of wonderful demons and monsters and things that go bump in the night because those are the things I love. All right. So, what is that lucky number? The number, if you wrote it down, that I was thinking about was 27. 27. I hope you got that right. I hope you have an amazing day and something extra good happens to you. Till next week, heavy metal. Be sure to follow me on TikTok at James Ippolitti. I'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. The Real Demons of Pop Culture is a Gorilla Delphia production.